like a banana. <laughs> Does the banana Look base. Look at this beast. Oh, so cool, dude. It's so bold. It's so yellow. And look at the... uh... Oh, yeah, the inlays. What is that? Is that like abalone? um, It's some kind of ebony. It's called Pale Moon Ebony. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pale Moon Ebony, for anybody that doesn't know, is like a part of the the tree. (laughs) Ebony's a tree, right? It's wood, right? (laughs) Where it's it's not all black. It's, uh, (laughs) It's like... It's striped, streaked with. There's a lot of white in pale moon ebony. It's kind of like yeah, yeah, marbled ebony, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there's there's a sort of like a lame stuff. If anybody's listening to the podcast, I've got this sort of like it's a bright yellow F base. <laughs> yes, um, it is. And you five string, so it's a bright yellow, and I mean super bright yellow, five string F base BN five. Yeah, and. Um, and my lame excuse to myself for getting it is that Ian and I are recording this slap accelerator. Boom! We're, yes. we're doing this slap accelerator yes. course. And my other F bass that I absolutely love hasn't got um, hasn't got fret markers on it. Right. It's just got a plain fingerboard. And it's been driving students crazy. Now, <laughs> if I was just a rational and logically thinking man, I would be like, hmm, Go to a local luthier, get him to put some dots on the base, right? <laughs> but this came online, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I was like, oh, "Look yeah. at that thing! It's so yeah, yellow!" And I was just like, I've, "And it did have fret, you know, had the fret markers." So, so in my mind, I justified by thinking, "I'm gonna get it for the slap course." Of course, there is a I'm reason. <laughs> of course, I'm taking one for the team. I don't want to get this base. <laughs> At all. It's yellow, for God's sake. This is for you, SBL. This is for you, the community. I'm doing it for all the brothers and sisters out there. But anyway, yeah. I'll tell you what has been an interesting um, an interesting experience, though, is that this base is identical in every single way to the other F base I've got. The pickups, the electronics, the woods, the fingerboard, the neck... Like everything is to that faded the amount of strings. Yeah, that faded. faded. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that faded sunburst one. It's identical, and they sound completely different. Why? I I don't know. Because magic. Yeah. (laughs) I think. Well, they don't sound complete. It's like a P bass and a jazz bass, but you can act like you can really hear the difference. Like this is this has got like a more of a scooped sound Mm -hmm. than the. than the uh, the other one, and it freaked me out. I was like, "Huh, that just doesn't kind of like." Obviously, it makes sense because different woods have different densities and and all of that thing. But weirdly, the weights are really similar as well. So it's same weight, same wood, same pickup, same electronics. They sound different, not in a good or bad way, just in a fundamentally different way. And here's the weird thing as well: acoustically, they sound different. Really? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, when you see, when you play them acoustically, they sound different. Wild, love it. Do you have the other one there? I do. I do. Do you want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, as Scott's grabbing that other one too, that's. I think like that is. It can be so maddening. Like when you try to put expectations on 
Hang on, I took um, my cans off so I couldn't hear you. Yeah, no, I was I was just talking I was talking to the people, man. I was just saying Beeps. that that's part of yeah, look at that thing. God, that's such a beautiful instrument. But no fret markers, right? Right. No fret markers. Yeah. Ugh, I had that noob thing happen where did you hear bing in my email? My email sound went off. Oh no, maybe I didn't you didn't hear it. Oh, I just outed I myself. Usually got to <laughs> shut that thing down. <laughs> um, so Scott, I'm saying like the it's it's part of what is so magical and maddening, right? On one hand, it's yeah. magical because like yes. no two sound the same, so it's this hunt and you get into the hunt and you're looking for the holy grail and you're it's yeah. so exciting. Oh, you find the one that sounds the best, you pick it out of the store, you you're hunting for years, but also, but also yeah. It's maddening because maddening. you're like, I love my five string F bass. If it only had fret markers, well, I'm just going to get this dope looking yellow one for the slap course. It's going to solve all the problems. <laughs> and then it shows up <laughs> and you're like, hmm, you know, and I wonder too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I believe you, obviously, that it sounds different. But how much of that do you think is because you fell in love with that first one you invested some time in it you really i mean i remember when you got that first one you were like oh man am i a five string player now like it really started this you know you're like oh yeah but, but the yeah. but the p bass and you you even talked about it like it was an affair or something right like you're yeah. having this yeah. extramarital relations with <laughs> with yeah. this f bass right at the, minute, like, do, at the minute i've moved out i'm i'm, li <laughs> I'm living with the other girl i'm like i'm <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, like I love you, and like we'll always be friends. But I'm yeah. <laughs> you, you, you and the P bass have separated. We separated for yeah. The, yeah we, yes. We're on a break. We're on a break, dude. We're on a break, and this relationship is going great. She's great, <laughs> and, you know, and yes, she's like. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 strange. But I've really been enjoying it. Like I really have. But to your point, it is really maddening. Um, yeah. They the the basses do sound different, and it's this like, how many jazz basses have you picked up in your lifetime? And, Dude, and they just they're so, they're so different, aren't they? Dude, they're some so different. Some of them are different. just like bang on, and some of them are a bit whack, and like and, yes. and, and all of the different variants in between those two points. I have got I've got a friend actually who. He was an amp distributor for the UK. Yeah. Um, for um, Acoustic Image. Shout out to Lawrence Blackadder if, he, if he's listening. Cool. And I was talking like many years ago, like about four or five years ago, I was talking about, huh, I'd love to get into making basses. And maybe, like, and he was like, dude, because he's actually distributed basses and he's been, he's worked for Luthier and all of that. He, we actually worked together in the past. And he was like, basses are a nightmare. He was like, amps are awesome. He said, oh, they're all the same. Right. People know what they get in. He said, one's the same as the next, the same as the next. He said, from, from like a, from a, uh, like a retail point of view, they're a dream. He said, like basses and guitars and shit like that. He said, is the exact opposite. Nightmare. They're all different. Nightmare. Yeah. Nightmare. Dude, of course, uh, because all of the things that can go wrong, right? The frets poke out a little bit, you know, you send it to a dry climate, you know, you build yeah. it in some perfect humidity, you know, state or country or climate, and then you send it to the Midwest to me in the winter yeah. and I unbox it, take it into my house where the humidity is zero because the heat is cranking so hard and all the, and the neck goes 
and the frets go out the side. Yeah, you get like, the frets sucks. sticking out, ah. and yeah, and the and like the B strings whack because something happened with the string, and yes. you're like. You know, there's so many variables with an instrument that can go wrong. Yes. So many. If, if people don't exactly know what we're talking about, the fret ends down the neck of a bass, if if you put it in a certain kind of like, I guess, sort of, is it humidity that does it? Or is it no, the it's the opposite. It's the lack. Okay. Yes. The lack the of humidity. the wood shrinks. The wood shrinks, and obviously the metal frets do not shrink. Right. So they stick out the end. So you get these sharp bits of frets oh, at the frets horrible. at the end, and then the the truss rod will move. So it's it, it's either going to have too much relief in the neck, and it's going to have like an action like a drained Olympic swimming pool, or <laughs> it's, you know, or it's going to be the opposite, and there's yeah. going to be buzzing everywhere. So the frets are sticking out, and it's buzzing everywhere, and then to top it off, when they were putting the B string on, something happened like the inner core of the b string slipped or something like that <laughs> then you've got like a crappy b string but you didn't know that so suddenly you think that you've just got this horrible bass yes it is yeah yeah it's the thing. oh <laughs> and you have all these expectations there's for me anyway there's like less yeah. expectations around an amp because i don't use one as often as i'm playing a bass in every mm. room every amp sounds different but when you get that new bass oh it's somehow yeah. more connected to like your own i don't know like you want to love it you want to feel good about that purchase it's less of a utilitarian purchase i think right and more yep. of an emotional like you want to connect with this thing you want to put it on and look in the mirror <laughs> oh yeah know? dude like, see how you know, Lung, put on a different lunges shirt. <laughs> yeah yeah just some lunges put on some different shirts yeah like put on the I mean, Hawaiian dude, shirt put yeah. the floral shirt does it clash yeah. does it not clash? Yeah. like yes. what is the best shirt to wear with this bass dude i Frequently will choose my bass for a gig based on my shirt. Oh! <laughs> and oh. not the other way around. Sometimes I'll get dressed this. for a thing and I'll be like, all right, okay. And then I'll like, you know, oh, thinking about taking this. And then I look and I go, oh, that's not, you know. And, and then it's not even sonically motivated. It's aesthetically motivated. This, that's dude, a this terrible. is a sign of too many basses. <laughs> but... But I appreciate the transparency. I really do. I like, oh, like it's like Lisa with her shoes and the dresses, yeah. right? Yes, so, oh, I'm yes. not sure about these shoes. You know, do no, they match yeah. the dress? I'm like, Lisa, I've had these pants on for two months. I'm not. I'm not the guy to ask. Like, you know, I'm just seeing like how long these things will last. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Rocking oh. those combats, man. It's the best. Dude, I'm two yes. months in. Yeah, I'm two months in, great. and what's more surprising than I'm still wearing these combats, right, yeah. is that Lisa hasn't kicked my ass and actually called me out for it yet. I'm yeah. like, what's going on? Maybe she's, maybe there's an experiment going on on her end as well. Like Edwin the other day told me to change my shirt. Edwin's part of the SPL team, shout out to Edwin. And, what's up, and Edwin? I sent him a, he sent him a loom, I sent him a loom, which is like we do video messaging in, in the yeah, internally to the team. So we're like video messaging each other, kind of like pen pals, but with video. And, uh, and he just messages me back and he's like, dude, that, you've been wearing that shirt for like, <laughs> an awkwardly, awkwardly long time right now. He said, "I don't want to. I don't want to point it out. I'm just, you know." <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to point it out, but I'm pointing it out. I'm pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, yeah. so I changed the. I changed the shirt, dude. The struggle's real, man. Like, I'm just. It's 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 a busy time. 
Listen, <laughs> you listen. Okay, Lisa not pointing out the combats thing. Well, it's either a good thing in that, mm-hmm. like, oh, she's tolerating, or or she's given up on you, dude. She just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's got somebody else. I've got the F base, the yellow F base. <laughs> she's got like si- Simon the fitness trainer from number thirty-seven. <laughs> And he oh, lunges man. in his spandex. Damn Simon in <laughs> <and> your spandex. <laughs> Damn you, Simon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, hey, I will say too, I fall in love with a pair of pants, a pair of trousers, right? And I will wear them yeah. for a crazy, crazy long time also. Well, so you, I mean your record was six months, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's proud, dude. Yeah. I'm just trying I to think, catch up. Oh, and I used to be into like salvage denim where it's like, you know, you buy this pair of jeans and the whole idea is you're not supposed to wash them for a yeah. long, long time because then they kind of, you know, like mold to your body and boy, they really <laughs> do. <laughs> but then like the whole idea is then when you wash them, it really exposes the wear patterns, right? And they call it fades. So yeah. like in the denim community, you know, then you've got like really like they're so personalized because then when you finally wash them after six months they develop all this character and i remember so it doesn't wash out it actually like it stays yeah, well, it washes yeah. out of the places that are creased or worn so it, it creates this really cool um variance between the dark parts of the gene and then the parts that are sort of starting to wear out and it's, yeah. it is very cool jean jackets are the same but i remember you know i was really into it with some buddies and i was looking online and and i remember reading this thing of like hey if your jeans are <laughs> this is so ridiculous but this is true (laughs) this is true and it said if your jeans start to smell and you don't want to wash them yet because you haven't hit your six month mark or um put them in the freezer (laughs) and so you you fold them up dude and you i mean because we're not sleeping in the jeans right you put them in the freezer (laughs) we're not (laughs) (laughs) shit I am reading. Yeah, I'll write write this down. I'm going to take note of this. Must not sleep in these pants anymore. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you put them in the freezer, and apparently, what's supposed to happen is all the bacteria or whatever dies in the freezer. Gnarly. (laughs) Right, and then it's cool, and you're good to go. And then you put on a frosty pair of trousers, and you're off. You know, but I remember, dude, I told crotch, that to Emily. Your crotch doesn't smell of doom anymore. <laughs> doom crotch. <laughs> That's right. Dude, that is right. Oh, oh God. Yeah. And I remember I told Emily, and she looked at me, and she was like, you are not putting your <laughs> jeans in my freezer. Listen to me. She's like, listen to me. Those jeans are not <laughs> going. And then, you know, I had these visions of, you know, just like popping them in, just just like fabric <laughs> touching the ice, too. <laughs> you know, like just right on all the, you know, oh my God. And then someone said, well, no, you put them in a plastic bag. And then I said, oh, oh. Well, of course, yes, you have to put them in. <laughs> But all that to say, and then I had a buddy who's actually, uh, he grew up on a farm in South Dakota, and he's a great hybrid. Joel Bowers, man, I love you, Joel Bowers. He's a, he like grew up on a mint farm, actually, and is a hardworking dude, but also knows something about the city life and fashion and musicianship. Oh, yeah, and, I, yeah. and he was way into this denim, too, right? And he was like, dude, just wash your jeans. 
it's all good. He's like, it's workwear. <laughs> it's workwear. It's designed to go through the, the laundry every now and again. Just go yeah. ahead and wash them. And so I was like, he, oh. he believed you. <laughs> he did, dude. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to put them in the freezer. I got to, you know, now do I need to get a special jeans freezer? <laughs> it's just oh, yeah, like a little mini one, <laughs> like a battery powered. Like a camping oh, freezer for the dude, jeans. I, oh, I regret all of this. Talking about that I used to be into this. I regret it all. Not really, but sort of. <laughs> like, yeah, man, I, 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 was, I was way in. So, hey, all, all that to say, dude, you're doing fine with the combats. It's all good. Two months in. I reckon I can squeeze another 1,000. <laughs> my prediction that, like, once Lisa... Like leave Simon, or you know, that she, I'm gonna hear about. Maybe that's the indicator. She'd be like back, back on Team Scott. She'd be like, Look, change them pants. Like, it's a good sign. That's, a, dude, that's gonna be a good sign. Oh, that's it's a, a good, good sign. sign. Oh, it's so funny, man. Oh man, we just just to shout out to all the listeners right now. What we thought would be a cool idea, like one of the things that was it the last episode we did it. No, it wasn't. Was it? It was. It like was a, a couple few episodes back. a day. Yeah. yeah. We we kind of just chatted and around various topics and just meandered through <laughs> through the episode and it seems like everybody really enjoyed it. So what we thought about um, for this episode is instead of having one kind of main topic, uh, just picking a bunch of stuff and and seeing and seeing where we go. So we've got like three, we got about six different things we could touch on today. More if we wanted to, but obviously it's probably going to be less because uh, we, we like talking. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so what do you want to start with, Ian? Like we've got, do you want to start with the top one or do you want to start more gear related? What do you want to go with? Let me see. I need to change my, I need we've to got, take like, a look. We've got balance. We've got the amp simulator debate. We've got in-ear monitors and amps. I want, got, I want it. I want, should you commit to just one base? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, oh. I know your answer to that. <laughs> it depends whether you're sort of like, you're rocking a Hawaiian shirt or the denim shirt. <laughs> yeah, it depends on my outfit. Um, hey, and I just want to say, too, with all of this, I just... I get so many great ideas via DM on Instagram. So when people, yeah. when uh, you just need to know faithful SBL podcast listener, that when you send me a message, I write a lot of that stuff down. If, if I think it's a good idea, I try to respond to everybody. So some of this stuff that we're going to be talking about as we move along through this idea of the podcast is all from you guys. So thank you very yeah. much for those. It's great. And I'll probably do another like Q and a thing on Instagram where it's like Scott and and I would love to answer your questions. Hit me and we'll just, we'll write them all down and we'll start ripping through them. So I think it, I yeah. think it's going to be fun, but this is not necessarily something that came from one specific person, but just sort of this overall wondering. I get asked a lot about all the instruments that I play. I'm sure you do too. And people are like, oh, but if you could just have one or there's this sort of fascination with like, yeah, but okay, you're, you're talking about this one and you're saying it's great for this thing. And, mm. and I see you playing this for this tune, but what's just the one, you know? And then I, yeah. that gets in my head a little too around like, oh, maybe I should just choose one and, you know, be the, uh, be the guy that's just always identified with that one instrument. And, yeah. Yeah. and then I, you know, I go through this thing of like, maybe I should sell 
all of my bases except <sighs> for one. And that's oh terrifying, my. and I never do it. Um, but but I but I fantasize about it, right? It's it's sort of like minimalism. I I don't know, Scott, if you've checked out there are these some like minimalism podcasts that I've listened to, where, oh, yeah. where people are talking about just, you know just silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just fifty eight minutes of silence. Silence. Yeah. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> No, dude. They talk about, you know, streamlining your wardrobe so you only are wearing a certain thing all the time. You yeah, don't have to make yeah, that choice. Yeah. They talk about only using things that you that are really high quality that you really love and you don't have a lot of shit in your yeah, house yeah. and in your life. I will say this about the minimal the minimalists though. They typically don't have children. <laughs> it's hard to be. Oh, yeah, that's actually yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like them it's like all them dudes and dudettes that talk about like freaking morning routines and you're like yeah whatever like get get a kid in your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> and let, let's see how, let's see how that routine stays so consistent for you yeah dude yes yeah, yeah uh yeah. yeah but i mean you know that i i have a longing i really like to travel minimally i mean you saw that when i showed up i've just got a backpack and a base and you know i really try to pack really super light i like to be nimble and yet, I'm the I'm the asshole with all these bass guitars, right? That's so interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah. like just, just to sort of like call out as well. Like, I'm exactly the same in mm. that. On a sort of like, a, like I do not have a lot of stuff. Mm. Like, do you know, like just bits and bobs and and yes. stuff. And I'm always well, yeah. Like, and when I, yeah, I'm always chucking stuff out. Like, yeah. don't tell Lisa, I throw a lot of stuff out. Or give it away to charity shops dude, and never tell, mention it. Dude, like what? Tell me. Oh, oh, eh, all kind, like, so many glasses and mugs and shit like that. Oh, I'm yes. always smuggling them into the car. Yes. Or, like, just junk that she sort of, like, just, you know, accumulates. I Like, it, it probably happens about four <laughs> times a year that I'll get, like, about two or three bin bags full and just sort of like get it. I've done it with the kids toys. Like I've done it. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I just like, cause it yes. drives me crazy. And, uh, and when I'm traveling as well, I am absolutely the guy that sort of like, I, I turn up to the airport and everybody's like, Oh, have you checked in? And I'm like, no, I'm like, this is, this is my bag. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yes. What? Like I actually, yeah. So, because I, I don't like taking a lot of stuff with me. me and for neither. me, that absolutely <clears throat> has translated to the base. And I'm not sure. I think that it's maybe comes from a different place, but I do, I do love to just have one base. It's when I'm sort of like into a base, I'm just going to play that one base until yes. the, the moment comes. Where I'm like, it's time for a new one. So this F base thing that I'm going through at the, the minute, I imagine it's going to last a good year or two years or whatever it is. <laughs> until. And then, you know, until something else. But it, it, I'm not going to probably swap back and forth. And I, I'm not sure whether that's driven by the min the minimalism kind of thing or whether it's driven by the 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 players that I'm a huge I was a huge fanboy of when I was a kid. Yes. 
right. you know, because they were all about the one base, the Gary Willis, the John Patatucci, the Elaine Caron, the, like yes. all of them guys had their instrument. And, yes. I, and it kind of like really sort of like sets me on the fire. I'm just like, yeah, it's like part of their sound, right? Dude, and if I ever yes. saw them playing another bass, I'd be like, oh, oh my God, they've got another bass. What's it going to sound like? I'd get really <laughs> excited about it. And yeah, the whole thing. So I'm not sure for me whether it's driven by a kind of sort of like a minimalistic approach or a wannabe minimalistic approach. I, don't, I think I'm doing a bad job of being a minim minimalist. But I have definitely sort of like, I don't like a lot of stuff yeah. in my life. Like, you know, just, yeah, stuff hanging about. Or whether it's just this sort of, this, it comes from my fanboydom when I was, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. And, well, and, no, there's something so compelling. Yeah, dude, there's something so compelling about seeing an artist with the instrument that you associate them with and you see that for a long time. Like, imagine if yeah. Marcus Miller just started to play a Warwick. Like, that would be so oh, weird. And yeah, I mean, it would be fine yeah. and I'm sure he'd sound great and all, but it would be like a cognitive dissonance. Like, whoa. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I think for me, what it is, is it came from Session World, or at least. I mean, I do, I have a, yeah. a very yeah. clear memory of, you know, I had a thing that I was going for in this rock band and it was, it was bright and I was playing like graphite necked instruments and that was a lane, yeah. man. I was in that zone. And then I encountered a producer, this guy named David Bendith, shout out to David Bendith, man. He's so great. Who said, Hey, if you want to start playing sessions, you not only need to have some variety, but you need to fall in love with variety. So he was like, you have to fall in love yeah. with what a Hofner sounds like, where that applies. You have to fall in love with a hollow body, with flats, a Rickenbacker, a P-Bass, right? All those things. And yeah. like really find out where they live and how they fit. And so I started to identify myself as a session player um, and less mm, so an yeah. artist, Less so yeah. like, oh, I'm going to make an artistic statement on this one instrument. No, I'm going to be the guy that's can, that can do anything, right? And and in a yeah. way, I, I really do value that thing. If, if someone says to me, oh, for this track, it needs to be this, I can always pull it up. I had a guy come over just the other day, and he was like, I want to do the session at your place because I want to hear how this line sounds on like 10 different instruments. And we had a ball. We finally settled wow, on a yeah, Guild yeah. Starfire and he, that was the vibe he wanted. So it's awesome for that. But then I think about this thing all the time of like, but what if I just committed, like I know that I could make all the sounds. That's the thing is I could make mm. a jazz bass sound like all those things sort of. <laughs> yeah. Not fully, but do you ever have you ever had this? A, another reason that I don't just go down to one is because a, a different instrument will make me play a different way. Do you do you feel that for you at all? Like oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. I become a different player or something, or it draws different things out of me when I play the Ken Smith Six, for instance, which I can't play at the moment. I mean, it's so difficult. For, for sure. Like, you know, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, like, if I play a P bass, I, I play, like, completely different to if I'm playing. Like, yeah, the two, I guess the two extreme examples would be P bass versus a, uh, a, a short-scale bass with a right. high C string. Like, I've got a six yeah. string with a high C string, 32-inch yes. scale. I just play them completely differently. They're yes. just completely different animals. It's like when you get in a Ferrari, you're probably going to drive it slightly different to if you're driving a 4x4. Definitely. It's just a different approach, isn't it? So I think that... And, what, and to, to your earlier point as well, I think that the session thing, 
I, I think it's just table stakes. I think it's like one of these things that you kind of have to have sure. different bases. Like, have you, I'm sure you've seen the cool, uh, cool videos of like Sean Hurley or John Button where they're doing this sort of like studio tour thing. They're looking at their rigs. They've got the set, you know, they've got the P bass with flats, P bass with rounds. They've got a jazz bass. They've got a five string. They've got a hollow body. That's the kind of, the spread, isn't it? That's the spread that of sources. Spread. It's the spread of sources <laughs> yes. that the barbecuer turns up to with the barbecue with, right? He doesn't like otherwise you're just gonna be turning up with ketchup. Some dude's like, yeah, hit me with some sort of like barbecue ranch sauce, and you just go like you're just like ketchup, dude. <laughs> dude, somebody's gonna say, hit me with that HP brown. Hit me with that oh, HP yeah, brown, me, dude. Yeah, the brown sauce, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can't you guys don't have a HP brown sauce. <laughs> we don't. Or I have da- no idea. Daddy's brown sauce. Yeah, shout out to all the UKers right now. Yeah, Daddy's brown sauce. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I think it that, too. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think it depends, doesn't it? I obviously there's no right answer. There's no right. An- I think it's just for me. Like for me, I'm just like a one base person, and maybe it's because I'm. I don't know. I mean, it's because I'm driven to, I think it's because of who I'm a fan of. I think yes. that's probably where it comes from. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I, I'm probably never going to, I'm never going to sell them all. <laughs> but How I many have you got? Want You've got like to. 20, right? Have you got 20? You've got yeah. more. <laughs> How many have you got? I, I got a lot. I got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> have you got more than 30? Oh yes. shit! Oh wow, dude! Have you ever thought of like a side hustle being like a base shop? <laughs> oh yeah, actually, I have. I have for sure. I love them so much. L- let me say this before we move on, because I know I know we've been here a minute, but I have a friend named Dan Folds who's a great guitar player and collects guitars, and he said he has this great thing, and and maybe I've told you this before, Scott, but it bears repeating. Um, he said if you love instruments, like if you love them, like you play them, you love to play them, they're functional for you, but even also if you just love the way they look from an aesthetic, artistic standpoint, he said it is the best art that you can buy. So instead of buying That's that great. painting, yeah. he's like, the thing about a bass or a guitar is that it's double art. You can, you can <laughs> it's yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah. you can hang it on the wall, you can look at it, you admire it, you love the design, and also, and also, it's a tool with which to make more art. And he yeah, said it is yeah. an unbelievable trait of an instrument that no other piece of art has. You can't use a painting to make to literally, uh, as a tool to make another painting, to make another painting, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. that's like, really it's interesting. A, yeah. It's an unbelievable trait. Double yeah. art, dude. So whenever, I'm, yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm also really into sort of like bass collectors and guitar collectors. Like, mm. I've watched a video with Joe Bonamassa yeah. talking about his amps and stuff, and oh, he's got some ridiculous amps and guitars ridiculous he's like oh this is this one it's like yes. first the first gibson amp off the factory line all shit like that just like crazy crazy geeky stuff totally and like i love it i love all of that i just don't know whether that's me and maybe that's cool and to oh, any listeners cool. i think that it's interesting for for the listeners to think about like what is it for them like right. is it the one bass or right. 
maybe it's multiple. And, and and there is there is a case to be made of having multiple basses if you want different sounds. You For know, sure. Instead of trying to get it all out of one bass. Yeah, definitely. Um, there, there. Are, I feel like there have been a lot of situations where having more than more than one thing in a situation has really served me. But it goes to the other side too, where sometimes I'll show up on a session and I'll bring five basses and really i probably only play one maybe two for the whole thing i've got the other ones there in case but uh you know and and then i start to think gosh am i just putting too much focus into this so yes it's a it is certainly a balance and it's it's all about what you need in your playing life yeah man yeah what which just just to close it up if you had to if you had to, which bass would you keep? If you had to Antigua Jazz Bass, 78 Antigua, Antigua Jazz. Jazz Bass, yeah. Definitely. Uh, it's, and, and dude, like it's that thing we maybe talked about a little bit at the top of this where when I got that instrument, it, I just, it wasn't the best instrument. I just learned how to play it. It's the thing that I sort of postulated. I don't know if that's a word. So I think I hypothesized about your first F bass. You kind of fell in yeah. love with it. You have expectations around this is how this F bass sounds. If I get another one, it's going to be the same. And it wasn't. I wonder, like when I got that Antigua jazz bass, I knew that it wasn't the best instrument, but I just, mm. I liked it and I played it, but it was heavy and it had neck pocket gaps. And I've talked about this a lot, weak pickups and all that, but I just was like, oh, it has a vibe. And then I've tried to beat it, quote unquote, with a million other things, custom shop, other vintage, better years, whatever. And it, yeah. I never can because it's sort of, I imprinted on it or it on me. I don't know how, you know, but it's, uh, I love it. I love it so much. That would, that would be the one. Yeah. I've never played a custom shop that actually felt like a, do you know, like a, a bass that's been played for years. Yeah. I've never, ever, ever played. A, and, and I own. You own two. some. Yeah. I own two. Yeah. Yep. I've never played one that, that really. And I think that like, I, I wonder about that. Actually, I wonder what happens over the, do you know when you pick up an instrument and you're like, yes. holy shit, this yes. is amazing. Yes. I've never done that with a new instrument. And I've played, I've played probably thousands. (laughs) I've never done it. It's always been old instruments. And I wonder what that is. I wonder what it is about the, like Ken Smith's actually a really interesting guy in terms of like, we've talked on previous podcasts how he, um, he actually was a real innovator in the space of of luthery and came up with like a lot of the, the things that we take for granted on modern day, modern day bases. And Ken Smith was the original guy that invented a lot of that stuff. Yes. And he's got a forum and I read it and it really interesting post on it once a few years back. And it was him talking about older bases versus newer bases and I, and I found his transparency around it really inspiring because he, in a nutshell, actually, like I'm not going to quote him, I, de- I can't remember exactly what he said, but pretty much he said, a new instrument is never going to sound like an old one. Right. It doesn't matter how well I make it. Right. It's never going to, the old ones will always beat the new ones. Always. Yes. He said, because... I know I can't remember exactly what he said, because it, for him, I think it was to do with that, with the woods, the seasoning, like how it changes over the years. Yeah, how it's vibrated. All of that stuff. I th- yeah, like the yeah. vibrate. Like I'm sure he went into more detail, but it was really interesting that that he believed it so much that he was he was willing to be transparent about it and open about it and say, hey, my new bases 
will not be as good as my old vices. They so will be crazy. in time. Yeah. Yeah, they will be in time, but not straight off the factory floor or the, yeah. off the workshop floor, which I found really interesting. Um, damn, I played this jazz bass once, man. Oh. Natural. It's late yeah, 70s. it was so great. 70s and somebody bought it. I was gutted. Dude, I sat I remember. there and I played basses all day and then there was this one bass. <laughs> Dude. So oh, good. Yeah. Here's the thing as well. There was like a few jazz basses in that shop. It was, there was nothing special. If you'd been ordering it online, you wouldn't you, have chosen that one. Right. It probably would have been the last or second to last one that you would have chosen. But it was not only the best one of the bunch, it was the best jazz bass I've ever played in my life. Like it in the world. Incredible. It Why? was in the world, yeah. Why? It Because it had that, do you know when you pick something up and you're like, what the heck? This is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is incredible. It just feels great. It was one of those bases. It was one of those bases. That Dude, I need, I, you need to play my along, 68. Yeah. The, the 68 beat up sunburst one that I have that I always have flats yeah. on, that is a very close second to the Antigua. And sometimes I go back and forth. But that is a, a vintage instrument that I picked up and I played a G. I just plugged it into an amp at a store and thought, oh, this thing is cool. Whatever, though, it probably sucks. And played yeah. a G and it just was like... Like it just played this perfect, beautiful, fundamental note, and I was like, "Oh God!" One note, and I was like, "Well, I'm now. I've got to figure out how to spend thousands of dollars on this thing." Like, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, have you had rounds on them both? Have, have you like properly AB them before? Yes, and they are wildly different. Wildly Amazing. different. Like the '68 has this big bottom, and really like glassy beautiful top end whereas the 78 is like snarlier and meaner sounding no matter what strings are on it i mean they're they're completely different animals and that thing you said about jazz basses being different i feel like it's a jazz bass thing mm. do you think so like p basses i kind of somehow for me whenever i play a p bass i'm like yep yes this is a p bass they're more obviously they're much more consistent yeah yeah right and is it something about the pickups in a jazz bass and because you can combine them, like no they kind of all dude. combine in kind of a weird way? <laughs> like, it's freaking witchcraft, isn't it? It's like, yes, I've got no dude. idea. I've, I've never even thought about that. Honestly, when you said that, I really? was like, holy crap. Yeah. Like I've played so many P basses. Like some of them have more of a mid scoop. Yes. Than others, but it's nowhere near as pronounced as yes. jazz basses. Some jazz basses, well, yeah, to your point that they they've got like quite a lot of mid in them. Yep. Like mm -hmm. they've got like almost a mid bump. Other ones super scooped. Just right. like Yeah. And outputs are wildly different and the super yeah. top end is completely different. The yeah. soloing the pickups. I mean, it's so crazy. When people ask me, like, hey, I'm gonna get a jazz bass. What should I get? I'm just like, oh dear God, I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer it because it, they're so different. Every single yeah. one, and the P bass. I always say, do you want a P bass to play as like your instrument? Do you want then then maybe do the hunt? But if you just want a P bass for like a stable, like a I need a P bass for a, a craft, like it's a drill bit. Get yeah. any P bass. Get yeah. any P bass. Yeah. I've played like, great P basses just like that aren't even P basses. Like I mean, they're not even a fender. They're just sort yes. of like a 
Like I actually went to rehearsal recently and, and I was like, oh, I'll take that bass. I haven't played it in a while. So I took it, took it and I started playing it. I played that one tune. I was like, oh, I should have brought the P bass. <laughs> and I looked and I'm sitting there with this like two and a half thousand dollar instrument, three thousand dollar instrument or whatever. Yeah. I looked and there was this like cheap ass, <laughs> probably $300 P bass yes. on, on a hanger in this rehearsal studio. And I was like, I'm just going to try this bass for this next song while we're rehearsing it. Oh, I killed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was wicked. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. And sometimes P bass is, a lot of the times, P bass is so great. It takes up such a great bit of real estate on a record, especially yeah. in a recording. Yeah. But hey, yeah. if you don't have a P bass and you want one, like everybody out there, you can get a crispy, cheap one, and it's all good. It's going to sound like a P-Bass, no matter yeah. what. It's that pickup. That sonic signature of that pickup design, I think, is so damn strong that it just sort of overshadows all the other components. And again, yeah. there are other ones I, I, that I'm gonna are better. Th- I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to throw sort of like a... There's a caveat to that, right? Okay, okay. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll say this, and you'd be like, oh, shit, yeah. Can you remember, like, sitting in in this cabin, <laughs> playing the yes. Yamaha BB, and we soloed the P-Bass pickup? You're right. And, and it, we were both like, whoa, it sounds just, like, n- not like a P-Bass. I don't know what it sounds like. It You're sounds right. like a BB, right? Yeah. Yes, you are totally right about that. Yes. But to yeah. your point, P-Basses are more consistent. I don't know why those BBs sound like that. I right. do not know. Oh, shall I, shall I find that? Shall I see if I can find that clip? Yeah, I think you should. It's, and while you're uh, finding that, let me also just shout out Alinto because ooh, I played yeah. that Alinto P bass that you have, and that was special. It oh, was that's, special. It is. That, that's actually the best P bass I've ever played. Is that right? Like it, yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was there's like a there was a '60s one, early '60s one that I played. Um, red one that we gave away in a giveaway and that was really amazing but it was a different experience it was just like a different instrument to that yeah that that alinto is amazing and that um that alinto jazz bass that i've seen knocking around on on uh on instagram with the with the scratch plate come on i even did tried it. to get it did, did did you reach out to mitch i did i did <laughs> I did. I reached out as well. I was like, "Dude," and he was like, "Well, you know, we're like we're, you know, I think it's Eric." He was like, "Eric wants to take it to now and stuff like that." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> oh, I wonder if it's still out there. We'll have to check. Let, let me just. Oh, the, let me see if this is the right. The right. Oh um, yeah, the the BB clip. Is that Jonathan yeah, Marin? It's Jonathan Marin. Yeah. Let me see if he's. No, that isn't it. There's this particular. Oh, that's it. Mother of God. <laughs> Turn this it up. Baseline? Turn it up, Divine. Let me see. Tell me if you can hear this. I'm going to turn it right up. Here we go. For the listener. Ugh. Yeah, there, there's like a modern top end to that to that instrument, right? Like yeah. a there's sort of a it's modern. Ha, 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 ha. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I remember it's so funny because I because I said something like, "Oh yeah, but it, you know, of course it's the player, of course it's the player." But then when you plug into that BB, I mean, and not to take anything away from Marin because he is an absolute beast, that pocket, that tone, that line that he's playing there, killing. But I mean, we plugged in that bass and played it. We're like, "Oh yeah, that's that sound." That is that sound, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's incredible. It yeah. is, it's and it resides great in that design. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I wonder what it must be the pickup in that, right? Yeah, it must be the pickup, but it m- maybe not, man. Like, because I've played. <laughs> let's just go down this rabbit hole a little yeah, bit. Let's do it. I, like, if if I play that bass, oh man, it's such a head melter, isn't it? If I play that bass sonically, it, it is different. Sonically, it's different acoustically than the P basses that I've got. Fender, yeah. And I wonder, Why? partly, that's it's neck through, it's neck, it's through, neck through, right? I mean, yeah. that's a big yeah. difference. Like you know, yeah. you know, a Spectre essentially has a P bass pickup in it. It's reversed, but a Spectre bass with a P pickup in it sounds nothing like nothing like P a Fender. No, nothing. And I mean, <laughs> it's, it's obviously the, the woods. Yeah, it's the it's, woods. It's, it's the. <laughs> <laughs> neck through construction team, versus yeah. bolt-on is definitely a thing. There is like a, there's a, a more consistent sustain. And I used to think this was BS, but it is not BS. There's like a compression and a sustain with through, through neck instruments that they don't yeah. have the same, almost like dynamic range as a fender. Like, you know, on a P bass, when you hit it hard and it's like, wow, like it barks yeah. really hard. <laughs> It's like yeah. the BB does that too, but it's almost more contained sounding. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it doesn't have the same yeah. like like throw that a P bass does, but it's yeah. it's barky, but it's almost like tighter. Like the notes last a little longer, but they don't have that extreme like big transient on the attack yeah, of the note like that a Fender it's a, does. It's a, it's a, I think it's like a tighter, yeah. it's like the mids are different and it, and it, and it, it occupies sort of like a narrower sonic space, I think, yes. for the P-Bass. Something yeah. like that, right? <laughs> oh. I mean, dude, if, if we knew, we wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> you know, we'd be like, well, yeah. of, course it's, 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 of course it's this reason. It's yeah, the tuner, you know, the, it's the, the tuner alloy. The strange thing is, yeah, oh, and like bridges as well do have, like bridges do have a big kind of, like they do affect the sound for they sure. Do. Like for bridges, sure. I've seen, there's even like YouTube videos where people are swapping out bridges, like high mass for, for like a, a lighter one or a brass one, oh. and they do sound different. It is an endless, fascinating, <laughs> it is. and painful i know dude spiral of doom <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah you can just mo- you can drive yourself crazy i mean but also i think it's fun i really do i enjoy the like oh i wonder if i did this if it would get me closer just as long as you know i think it's healthy as long as you have a goal in mind and you're not just yeah. tinkering to tinker um that said, sometimes I probably just tinker to tinker, you know, but like I'm always trying to make a change or play a different instrument because I'm going for a different goal. Uh, you know, yeah, it's never yeah. like, oh, what's the thing that what's the thing that everybody's doing on the forums? I I fell prey to that when I was younger, but now I, I don't care about that stuff at all. I just am trying to make 
choices based on what I'm going for sonically, either with pedals, with amps, with bass yeah. guitars. But I do wonder about stuff like that. Like, oh, I wonder if I change the pickups on this or if I just change the bridge pickup, if that would blend better with, oh God, you know, but it's always with a goal in mind, I suppose. And, and then it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty fun, <laughs> but it's also, do, do, you, do you worry, do you worry that <clears throat> by swapping around bases, you denote your earlier point of mm. your earlier point of when you play a different bass, you play differently. Mm-hmm. Do you worry at all that <laughs> it's a bit of a loaded question? Cause I worry about it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll put it to you. Do you worry at all that swapping around, swapping from, from different instruments um, doesn't give you the ability to really like learn the, like get your feet, like your fingers right under into the grain of the word and sort of like, so like somebody that jumps to mind when I'm, I'm trying to kind of articulate what I'm saying here is Gary Willis. When he's playing his fretless with that sound, it's like, it's, it's almost like the sound is part of him. Yes. It's like he, he, it's like part of his soul, right? It's yes. integral to like wh- how he plays, and because, because so his playing develops with the instrument almost. That's what right. I guess. That's what that's what I'm saying. And if if we swap around different instruments, do we do we do our playing an injustice mm. in sort of like exploring a particular sound over a long period of time? Yeah. Do, do we sort of dilute our voice? Or yeah. Do, like, we... do you know, like Marcus Miller, right? He. Yeah sat his the way he plays is actually a lot to do with his, his instrument as well that's true if you swapped it out and put it on a p bass it's not going to sound like him no you're it, right about that you know it's it's like it, it might kind of but it's not gonna you know you're not gonna you know when you hear marcus on a record and you're like it's marcus Miller. of course it <laughs> yes is, you know of course <laughs> yes right yes. same thing with gary willis like i listen to it and i'm just like that is and he and he's had that sound for years. Yes, he has. That's right. So he's so he's been sort of like exploring that sound and growing with that sound. I don't know. It's just I guess I, a thought. I I definitely feel that. I think that's why I fell in love with that Antigua jazz bass because when I bought it, it was the first jazz bass I bought. So mm. I'd had these other things, but it was the first like Fender passive jazz bass. Now I'd had a lot of quote unquote better ones, like you know, made by Modulus or whatever that were like active and more expensive. And but the yeah, my passive game started with that Antigua jazz bass, and I put in tons of time. I remember I took it on a train. We went on this train trip, and I played it the whole time on the train. And I just remember like really digging into it. And even though it didn't, the action wasn't right, and blah blah blah. Like I. I bonded with it and yeah, my fingers got into the grain of the wood and all that stuff that you're, that you're describing. Yes. Um, I, I resonate with that. My one bit of pushback is this. I think that we develop a thing. I think you have this, you have such a, when I was in the UK watching and listening to you play in the room with you, you have such a strike. Like when you play the bass, you play it with force and and yet somehow you're not getting a lot of buzz and like you have such a strong like impactful right hand concept that when you play any bass it sounds like scott divine any bass now that said if you play the same line across a bunch of bases i would think oh that sounds different but the essence of the playing is there because it's your 
hands. And and another um, thing that I noticed that on is when I went and saw Getty Lee with Rush on one of the very last tours they did, it was after he'd become a bass collector, which is so odd. Like for so long he wasn't, and he would have love affairs, periods of monogamy yeah. with one instrument for a long time, and then he would switch. And But I mean, I'm talking like a decade with one thing, and then he would... But he, yeah. at the end of Rush, before Neil died, I think it was a tour right before Neil passed, he brought out his whole bass collection on the road. And every tune, dude, he switched. Every tune. And guess what? They all sounded the same. All sounded the same. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'm talking, I'm talking Gibsons, Rickenbackers, Fenders, so many different things. I bet he had 20 instruments on that tour and they sounded the same. And I think that partly that's actually a really, a really cool thing. Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. something that you have for sure. Um, I definitely have brought different instruments into situations. I have a drummer that I play with a lot who tells me, he's like, man, that bass is the craziest looking thing I've seen you play. And if I close my eyes, it just sounds like all the other basses that you bring. <laughs> you know? And I actually do think, I think that that's good. I think that mm, that's a good thing. Yeah. You could yeah. play any bass, and I still know it's you by your vocabulary, like the things you choose to play on the instrument and your your right hand concept. Yeah, isn't it interesting that I, I've seen this happen in sort of like two different yeah two different circumstances when you watch somebody on a screen, it for the the there is a certain percentage percentage of minutia important minutiae yes. that is completely missed and doesn't Absolutely. translate. Absolutely. So when you came here and I started playing, you were like, whoa. Yes. You're, you're like, wow, like your hand, like it, you, it was like, it was kind of like surprising to you how hard I was hitting the strings, right? And for me, it was the opposite. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you're, you're playing really lightly. <laughs> and it was this sort all, of yeah. like, yeah, so <laughs> we had this sort of like, opposite experience you were like wow you're playing hard and and i was like whoa you're playing really softly yeah and if i watch you on instagram i would not think that yeah you've got right. this massive sound like but you're really sort of like really delicate <laughs> delicate in the way that you play i'll tell you another person that's like sean hurley as well yeah. plays yep. really lightly really light. and that's the right. lightest of all players that i've seen um, right in front of my eyes, yeah. so I can see that nuance, the minutia that's not that, that doesn't get translated over video, was Gary Willis. Yeah, when he was he was playing these lines, and Gergo Borlai was on, on drums. Uh, we were rec- we were recording something for his masterclass, and I can remember like watching him playing and just thinking, oh. I like I've heard him say on a million different on a million different videos on a lot of different videos that oh I play really lightly in the right hand. I heard mm-hmm. him say that. I've been in his flat in Barcelona and he's been playing lightly in front of me. But when I saw him play that one day, like an unleashing all bass hell, like playing a million notes a minute, sort of yeah. like you know doing his thing. Yep. I was like, oh. Yeah. He's playing so lightly. Right. So lightly. It's yeah. almost, I, it's the lightest touch I've ever seen on the bass. <laughs> no, but when I you listen barely, to him, it yeah. just doesn't, it doesn't sound like it. No, at all. no. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, you know, it's just about everybody's own physical structure. And, dude, you have, I've said this before, I couldn't believe it. You have huge hands. 
you have huge hands, dude. I think that I have big hands, and you are like, I mean, you just have these monster hands. And so it's not like I remember like hearing you play, seeing you play, and then I was like, for me to get that level, like just that volume level out of the bass, I would really have to try. Like I would really have to be like, okay, I'm playing like Scott, I'm trying. But yeah. you're not, it's not that for you. It's just the natural way. It's the way you play. It's natural. You're not trying. You're not well, trying to strike we it hard. We were trying to emulate each other, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. trying to emulate how lightly you, you play, <laughs> yes. and you were trying to emulate how hard my right hand plays. Yeah, yeah. And we were both like, whoa. <laughs> this is so it, was so, weird. it was so cool. It was so cool. I mean, you know, and so I do think that that, that concept, if you kind of develop into a certain style of technique uh, or a certain kind of like right hand thing that does go across all the instruments that you play yeah, regardless yeah, of the brand yeah. or the strings or whatever so yeah but you're right marcus dude. wouldn't sound like marcus on a p bass with flats dude yeah it's strange isn't it i'll tell you what man we, we promised the guys who were like we, we, we've got like various topics today we're just gonna like sort of like roll through I know, these various topics i know we did one we, we did, did one, one. <laughs> maybe We'll, we'll try next time. I love that. Do you know what we've done as well? We sort of like mentioned loads. Like there'll be some listeners and they'll be like, oh, that sounds really, inter really interesting. And they'll be getting to the end of the podcast now and they'll be like, Hang on. Hang I just on, listened to the entire I just listened to the entire podcast that you told me you were gonna oh, talk about any monitors and that you're not oh. gonna do it. I do apologize, everybody. We're I do so apologize. Sorry. We are sorry. But we you know, there's gonna be like more more podcasts on the way and we're actually gonna have to bounce because we've got a guest coming on yes, the podcast. We do. And we're gonna record it. <laughs> we're gonna record it in just thirty minutes. Yes, we oh, are. twenty five minutes. I know. Should we tell them who it is? Yeah, let's tell them. You tell them. It's Hubert Eves the Fourth. Damn the right fourth. it is. Yeah. It's Hubert who who melted minds like when I was coming up, when I was like in my late teens, Same. early twenties, this album was released, the Erica Badu Live album. Yes. And it was like wildfire around the UK. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was like in the States, but it was Absolutely. like all the all the bass players and drummers were like you what like what are they doing it's incredible it was like everybody's sort of like passing tapes around and stuff like that anyway we've got hubert eves coming on the podcast for you and uh it's gonna i'm, I'm really excited to talk to him yes really and, and please when you know when this comes out tune into that because he's a player that does not get enough love for scott he was a big deal for me he was a big deal also i have mentioned this before but it bears repeating i was prog rock guy hubert eves was the bass player that made me consider that there was something else out there other than fast pentatonic licks with distortion he played the most beautiful sounding bass lines with tone groove support but curiosity and adventure, like when he would fill, it was so meaningful and intentional. Shit! It was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude. And it just it really, it really changed. It changed things for me. It really did. And it sounds like it did too for you, Scott. So, like yeah. the fact that he's coming on the pod, man, I'm gonna I'm just gonna try to keep it cool. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try not to be like, oh, remember when you played that thing? That was awesome. Dude, just Chris Farley. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yeah. rem remember when you played that show with Erica Badu and they recorded it and put it out on a CD called Erica Badu Live? It'd be like yeah, I'll be like, 
That was awesome. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm leaning in, baby. <laughs> oh man it's It's gonna be awesome yeah yeah dudes thanks for listening we will catch you in the next one take it easy bye cheers everybody bye